0: Thank you for checking out the Detroit Church Podcast. We're a growing community in the heart of the city, and we exist to awaken Detroit to the greatest adventure of all time. Although the pandemic causes us to adjust our methods, our message stays the same. God through Jesus, is making all things new. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. It is your grace that has awakened us. It has illuminated our awareness. It is by your grace that we can even know that we are in desperate need of a savior. It is because of your grace that we are not consumed in despair with our own wickedness. So we want to shout it out. We want to proclaim and declare it is you that is good and you alone It is you alone. That is great It is you that the world is in desperate need of God and I pray father father that you would capture our hearts that we would not allow distractions in our minds, distractions around us even as as we leave here today, God, distractions, legitimate distractions in our lives to keep us from seeing you high and lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can you just shout amen with me if you believe that prayer? Yeah, 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 yeah. You go ahead and be seated if you want to. Oh, God is so good. And I, I almost feel silly saying it because I say it in, in faith of the little amount of goodness he's allowed me to be aware of. But there's still so much more that I don't know. It's still so much that I can't comprehend. It's still so much that I, I don't feel emotionally, not. You know, we don't say these things based upon what we feel, but sometimes we want to feel it. I want to feel it. And thank you, sweetie. And um, y'all, we are, we are in a place of desperation, whether we know it or not, whether we realize it or not. So the fact that we have any sense of realization of it is the love of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God, On our behalf. I want to thank you again for just responding to the audible to meet today. We had not planned on doing this. This was something that uh, we feel the Holy Spirit kind of dropped on us yesterday. So we're a little clunky and awkward in our setup, but um, it ain't about our setup. It ain't about that. And and let me say, if you knew me, you would know how much of a stickler I am. Can I get an eight man from the tech team? <laughs> dang, dang, <laughs> real hype over there. <laughs> But we like excellence. We believe that our God, the ultimate creator, has given us this God-given license to create like him and to display his majesty and his beauty through color and art and songs and all things creative. And that's who we are. We don't shy away from that. But it is super important that even with that, side of us how god has wired us that we never lose sight of the main thing we never lose sight of what is absolutely of first importance and if i could just be real i don't have a lot of time because we are um we have a live audience that will be joining us very soon here so i gotta say a whole lot in a minute but I trust the Holy Spirit just to say what he wants to say uh, through me in this moment and we'll save the rest for next time but a lot of us grew up singing this song that I almost started to sing because I love the song it's a beautiful song um, but the song says open the eyes of my heart Lord you might know that song yeah. open the eyes of my heart Lord yes yeah, it's, a, it's a banger it's a it's a prayer and it's a song that that sounds good and it is something that when I sing it, I I thought that I sung it with conviction and and real, real meaning. But as I stand here today, I wonder, for as many years as, as I've sung that song, I'm not so sure that I really knew what I was singing. I'm not so sure if I really understood what it means to see Jesus. And and if I'm real honest, if I did know what it truly meant, I'm not sure I would keep singing it. I might find a different song to sing. I can, I can give some examples, some songs that, that remind us of, of our, how good we are and remind us of how God wants to bless us and, and other, and other, I might fall on this hill, so, so, <laughs> just wave your hand like, Sonny, calm down, because we do not want a viral meme anymore, Sonny. <laughs> not two weeks in a row, amen. All right, so, I'm going to read a passage of scripture for us today that that may present a challenge for some of us. It's presented a challenge for me. And the first challenge, I'll be honest, is simply, yeah, that's good, I get it. Yeah, I like that. But if, if, I'm, if I'm being a 100 with you, if I'm keeping it a buck with you, I'm not so sure that we get it. And what I'm, what I'm truthfully saying is, I'm not so sure that, that I get this. You know how as a parent, if you have children, um, you tell your kids something and they're like, yeah, dad, I get it. I get it. I get it. And you're trying to convince them that, no, (laughs) you don't get it. I want you to get it, but but you don't quite get it. Actually, they they don't have a clue and nothing you can say can convince them that they don't get it. Well, I feel like that could be us in this moment if we're not careful. i'm talking more than just this passage this is not just an intellectual ability to understand what is here i'm not talking about the historical context and the literary context i'm not talking about having deep understanding of the original languages and how that impacts this story what i mean is what the spirit of god who is fully god can we acknowledge that can we just step into that right there let's stop making him second class god god junior On another level like he's not the father and he's not the son but we know he's out there somewhere he's fully God in his essence and his likeness and he's here with us and he's here with you and he's with you every day if you are a believer and have placed faith in Christ what does he have for us not just today but in this season this is one of the most interesting difficult uncertain season of our lives I began to pray about a month ago, very specifically about a way forward. God, what does it look like for us to worship going forward? When we're hearing all kinds of things in the news, in the media, even from our governor, At one point in time, it looked like phases were opening back up or, you know, we were progressing in the right direction. Now it seems like we're maybe going a little bit backwards. How can we even make any real decisions so that people can have clarity about what it means for us to worship? God, where are you? What is the way forward? I began to pray about that and the Lord began to take me a few different places in scripture. But I think for for me, what what was most important for me to understand was that this was not just something that was happening to me or happening to the world. It wasn't just the devil sure is busy. It wasn't just the political extremism of our day and all the, the conspiracy theories. It was not just that. This was something that I believe God was and still is wanting to use To make us aware of who we really are who we really are so I ask you this question before I present it to us as the church as the body who are you and how are you stepping into that understanding and that identity when you may not know what your family will look like in terms of its provision and how you're going to work and if the kids are going back to school in person or is it gonna be digital there's so many things that we don't know and how we respond to those things reveal something on the inside of us. It, they reveal something that was already there. That is the hard part. That is, the, that is where we have to deal with ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to say, yes, yeah, see that? That's you. That's you right there. That's you. Then we surrender it. And then we place it upon the altar. And then we seek the face of God as to what he would have us to do next. Now as a corporate body, Detroit church specifically, we've been praying about God, what is the way forward? most of us a lot of us i should say want to meet in person most of us understand the the seriousness of corona and, the, uh, and the, this pandemic not just for medical reasons or for health reasons but also to a watching world what does it look like if the church is gathering and seems to be unbothered insensitive insensitive to what's happening in the rest of the world are all of these ideas and ideologies out there that that we must consider as we keep our eyes on jesus And allow him to reveal to us who we really are. So I asked you, who are we? Who are we as the church of the living God? Who are we? And why are we necessary? Why are we necessary in the world, in the earth right now? Why are we necessary in Detroit right now? Can we see this necessity of the church beyond Detroit church? Can we see it as the church at Detroit? Can we see it, the church in the region of this city? Can we see it as the church universal? The church global? Get this, even the church of all time, the church as God sees it. Not denominationally, get this, not even for those who are currently professors of Christ. Those who we may call pre-disciples, pre christian Pre believers in Jesus. They have not yet placed faith in him. They don't know who he is yet. But can we see, can we have a vision to see the church as God sees it for all time and allow that to direct our way forward? Yeah, yeah. So God began to give a vision. He began to give some simple, oh, I think it was God. I only say I think because uh, we stand here today. <laughs> as a result of an audible, but there are four options that that I believe God put on my heart and just as some Possibilities for us to consider as a way forward of worshiping I won't go through all of those right now But there are different ways that we could worship You know some house church and live stream with a, a, an occasional public gathering and, and so forth four different options so we gathered some leaders yesterday. We began to pray and discuss in dialogue. What are the pros and cons of each of these options? And here's the thing, as we begin to discuss the Holy Spirit made so clear to each of us that there are root issues that must be dealt with and we should not spend too much energy focusing on the symptoms without dealing with the root. And what it caused us to do It's to fall on our faces in repentance and crying out to God. God, we need you. Here we are trying to strategize a way forward in worshiping, thinking it's going to be one of four options. And the way forward is not about those four options. The way forward is about having a sense of desperation and not being so committed to this life and our safety and our earthly provision and our blessing that we lose sight of who Jesus is and who he has called the church to be. So we fell on our faces, y'all, and repented. It was one of the most amazing moments and gatherings that I've been a part of, specifically at Detroit Church. I'm still shaken and moved by it so as i rose from my feet i heard the holy spirit say one thing meat meat so rather than try to debate or think about well, what about this where the people may not know what this gonna be meat meat and let's let's do our job and work and focusing on the right thing and not allowing the enemy to present other distractions now I understand there are things that we need to think about as we gather and we're gonna continue to do that. But this text here, this challenge that I wanna, I believe the Spirit of God in this passage of scripture presents to us, I pray will bring us into a greater awareness of what the Lord would have for us, his church. John chapter 12, John chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 20. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sure, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. (laughs) Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Now, I got a question for you. What do you think Jesus does next? (laughs) Like, does he summon Judas to pass out a communication card? Does he ask Peter to set up a meet and greet? They want to see Jesus. They want to know what the big deal is all about. You could say they're seekers. They're trying to see what the hype is. They're, They're curious. Jesus doesn't. Move in this easy believism way of, of, of fostering Christianity, of, of, of fostering who he is. He hits him hard, y'all. And this was a slap in the face for me because I have some convictions. And not just about us Detroit church, but the, the church in 2020. Have we watered down the gospel to where it loses its essence? The gospel that we have is offensive. The cross is ugly. It's scandalous. It's scandalous. We complicate it when not only do we water it down with our words and our systems and structures and ideas about church, but more importantly with our shabby lifestyles, with how we treat one another, with how we engage on social media, especially in times like these. With the pandemic, the protest, and the political environment that we are in. Three P's for you. Let me tell you, if we can navigate these three things. Man, we're bad. We're some bad boys and girls. This is no joke for us. And it's, it's, so, it's so tempting for us sometimes not to wanna get in the fray of that, to, to almost present a neutered gospel that releases itself from suffering. That doesn't present what the real cross represents in terms of risk and danger. And in turn, we absolve the power that Paul wrote about in First Corinthians says the, the foolishness, the foolishness of the cross is what God uses. That's where the power is. So Jesus goes off. He goes off in this text. He doesn't make it pretty. He doesn't, you know he doesn't uh, go and shake their hands, give them a big hug. He doesn't do any of those things like we may, we may think is the way to greet people. (laughs) Verse 23, Jesus says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now get this, this is the first time that Jesus acknowledges that the time is here. He's been asked this question several times, like when is the time, Lord? If you're the Messiah and we believe you're the Messiah, when is the time, is it now? They see him raise people from the dead and get excited, like is it now, now? (laughs) They see him feed the 5,000 men and about 20,000 children and women. Now's got to be time. And with everything going on in the culture, like Jesus' own family even thought like, okay, if you're really who you say you are, now must be the time. Surely now is the time. Jesus says if the time was right for you, I would have been done it. But my time has not yet come. Here's the first time, days away from his death, that he says, the hour has come, the time has come for the Son of God, the Son of Man, to be glorified. I wish I could really, really break this down. I don't have that kind of time yet. When he says that, can you imagine what those who have been with him for three and a half years at this point may have felt? What they heard, what they sensed. Like, wait, wait, wait. Now, like now, now. Are oh, you ready, ready? Now, now, now was the time. Now, remember what it just happened. What it just happened is Jesus has rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the crowds go bananas. They go nuts and they start singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord forever. That word there, Hosanna, means save us now. And what they were doing, they they go to one of their favorite songs in the hymnal. One of their most go-to songs in the hymn book from Psalms 118. And they begin to sing this word, Hosanna, means save us now, save us now. And as we talked about last week, this this passage of scripture in Psalm 118 is when David, the writer, begins to declare and give them a song to sing. That they sung during every major festival at the temple. The choir would gather in the morning and they would sing this song. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it. Then it says, save us now or Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord forever. When we sing that song, a lot of us grew up singing that song. We would think like every day, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Yeah, it was, it was a confession and a, a, a belief that this day is set apart and that God, we're going to believe in you, that you are good today. And when they sung it, it had a different meaning. It spoke to a specific day. It spoke to a specific hour, a specific moment in time, a chronos moment. And Jesus is saying, now is that moment. What you have sung about, what you have waited for, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So yeah, they're like, oh, now, now? Are you ready, ready? You ready, ready? This is what we've been singing on our lives. But now what's going down? Hmm. Now, I want to take a minute and just offer you a little a little more challenge here. And hopefully, hopefully, the Spirit of God will make this more and more clear as I try to wind this down a little bit. You, you know how you hear a good message? And actually, two people can sit right next to each other and hear the same message. And one person can can hear it and it can be life-changing for them. Based upon how they respond, but I would say even more importantly, the grace of God for that moment for them. Another person can hear the same message and say, that was good, I enjoyed that. Or maybe even like, I really, thank you pastor, (laughs) that word really challenged me. But this Bible isn't just to challenge us. We don't need a TED talk. We don't need new ideas. We need transformation, y'all. We need our dead hearts awakened. We need our minds to be renewed into the power of the gospel so so that we live our lives unashamed. And what happens when we just receive it as good information or a nice talk, we leave here, we go get something to eat, we go through the same routine, we come back next week and do it all over again, unchanged. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it in my own life. In my own heart. And I need my prayers for God to reveal to me, show me the areas of my heart that have gone dry or become dull to how you wanna speak and how you wanna move. Let me not be, let me, let me cease to continue to flirt with, with other things that give me temporary pleasure like good church services sometimes, like numbers and crowds of people. Listen, if we're gonna grow, number one, our first primary responsibility and and desire should be to grow in our testimony, to grow in our witness, to grow in our Christian convictions, and grow in the nature of our discipleship in a dying world, right? And if we grow numerically, praise God. If we don't grow numerically, praise God. Because it is the grace of God that will open the floodgates or close them according to his own purpose. So no longer can we compare ourselves to this one or that one. I ain't saying amen as good as I'm preaching, but it's okay. Because this is not just a word for Detroit church. This is a word for your own life. When we start comparing ourselves to what God is after, we lose sight of his grace. So there are two Greeks who were outsiders, who were outcast religiously. They come up to Philip. Philip goes to his homeboy, Andrew. They both take them to Jesus. Jesus goes off. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Then, verse 24. He says... Very, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Like what, Jesus? Here you go, Jesus, again, here you go again. (laughs) Like, Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus understood his audience. He understood the agricultural culture, the day that he lived in and will begin to give them an example that they would all be able to understand. And what he was saying was that if you have a seed, this seed cannot produce any fruit unless it falls to the ground, goes into the ground and dies. Unless it dies, there is no harvest. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, he says. Then he breaks it down for them as he breaks it down for us. Please hear this. Please don't just tune this out because you've heard it before. But I pray that the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, would open our hearts like never before. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be. So before we start to say, well, okay, we know Jesus was about to die, so he was talking about him dying, but he died that we might live. <laughs> Amen, true. But what he's saying is, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta take the same path. If you're gonna follow me, you gotta take up your, pick up your cross and come. I wanna ask you, what does that mean to you today? What does it mean to pick up your cross then he says my father will honor the one who serves me this is their introduction to Jesus (laughs) they said we we just want to see Jesus and this is what he says he goes off this this Jesus death that's the appeal I gotta die that's what you want us to know (laughs) what about my best life what about my purpose and my destiny what about all the things you have planned for me everything that he has planned for you is for you but guess what it's going to come through one channel death it's gonna it's gonna ride on the wings of your ability to die now my time is up, and I got home. I got I got I got a little bit more to go here. I got three minutes. Okay, can I get five minutes? <laughs> Do we have it wrong, y'all? Do we have it wrong? Have we coddled God's people and lost our sense of witness in the earth? How are we sharing, testifying of our faith and what God has done through our death? I pray that each of us can experience the peace and the joy of sharing the gospel with people you don't know. I'm grateful because I grew up with a grandmother who trained me in this and who who taught me to do this and it wasn't like some ABC one, two, three steps on how to do it. She didn't give me any PowerPoint slides, right? She could barely read, but I saw her do it and it planted a seed. Now, I'm not standing here as some herald or a hero, like I've got, I've mastered this and I've done this right. No, I say this out of a deep conviction that I fall way short of this on a regular basis. As I was praying last night, I was on my way here. What's up, family? And I was riding this, just riding by here praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. And I ran into a young man, a 25-year-old year old young man named Aaron at Woodward and Martin Luther King Drive. And Aaron told me that he was homeless and he needed some money. I began to kind of dig a little bit deeper, you know, the nosy kind of uh, man that I am. And um, he was honest with me. He said, man, I just, I basically just need some cash. I'm trying to buy some weed, bro. I said, thank you for being honest with me, man. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you, okay? And um, we began to talk. And uh, I told him first I was a Christian. Then I, then I you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be deceptive or, you know, trying to trick him. I said, I'm I'm a pastor. I said, but uh, I'm not here to judge you, man. I just want to talk to you real quick about about who God is. I said, do you know who Jesus is? And he says, "Um, well, I mean, I heard about him, but church ain't my thing. Church ain't my thing. And I told him that was okay. And that's not offensive to God. But I simply want you to know that God has something for you. Like like the way the, the what you are living right now in your life is not what God had in mind for you. So I asked him why he was homeless. He said, Man, I, I burned some bridges, no family, you know, I can't keep a job. My last job was at McDonald's. So so this is my everyday experience. I come to this corner and I give money so I can buy weed and I come back again and I do it the next day. And I began to try to challenge him. He wasn't quite ready to to move forward with our whole like, confession of who Jesus is. But I told him I would be back. If you're here every day, I said, I'm gonna come back. And we're gonna chop it up, we're gonna chop. And I wanna spend some time with you. I'm gonna talk with you a little bit more. But I know that seed was planted. And I began to challenge him about not just having the same expectations of business as usual at that same corner every day. As I drove away, Holy Spirit began to challenge me again and reminded me of a word that he gave me in the beginning of the year for us as a church well i'm trying to help him understand that your life should not be business as usual here i am as the one who claims to know god who claims to have god the holy spirit on the inside of me living with me walking with me daily leading me and have i got to a point where i'm living my life business as usual and there are times got people of God, by the mercy and the grace of God that he causes and he allows disruption in our lives so that our response to him and our response to what he wants us to be in his world is no longer business as usual. There's so much more that I want to say. My time is up. I want to ask you, what's precious to you? What's precious to you? It's most important to you? Is there anything in your life that you, you are holding on to and that you love so dearly that you cannot see yourself laying it down or giving it up? Is there anything standing in the way of you fully surrendering to what Jesus is asking us to do? Can we say, like Paul, I don't consider myself I don't consider my life of any value. In Acts chapter 20 he says, I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. That was his commitment. What is our commitment today? My heart is hurting. Because I am falling way short. I'm not in a position to lead this church, to lead this amazing congregation. I'm not in a position to lead my family. I'm not in a position to be what I need to be for my sons. Because I have allowed complacency and comfortability and convenience to rule my life. To lead my life. And I'm... I'm good at justifying my schedule. I'm good at justifying the things in my life. And what I believe the Holy Spirit simply wants me to do today is to release that burden to you and ask you to do business with God and to see is there anything in your life that is so precious to you that you are having a hard time laying it down? It may be your own personal safety. It may be a relationship. It may be family. It may be Friendships, we love friendships. They're good things. But if there's anything that is in the way of us fully dying, the root awakening is get ready for God at some point in time as an act of mercy and grace to remove it from your life. Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church.